1: Always a great podcast. Monday is no different for people who are pissed at Bill O'Reilly on Friday. Uh, Make sure you're listening today. Also, we talk about Scotland and the incredible, beautiful things that are being done for our planet. And so much more. Don't miss a second of today's podcast. You're
2: listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program.
1: have some good news for you uh the uh, time has expired for a lot of people to be able to continue working after the 22nd uh with your uh your vaccines so you know what i find interesting is i think that the federal mandate on the vaccines being november 22nd is just such a huge coincidence that it's the week of thanksgiving I just don't think it's going to cause any kind of slowdowns with the airports at all. I don't think it's going to cause any kind of problems. And Biden doesn't have a record at all of pointing out significant dates for his ridiculous policies. Like, no. we're going to pull out of
0: Afghanistan by 9-11. Right. Remember that whole thing? Yeah. He does yeah. this all the time. It's yeah, a that's very all weird accident, Weird
1: coincidence. Mm, weird coincidence. coincidence. <laughs> Liz Wheeler is uh, with us, host of the Liz Wheeler Show. She... Uh, has um, has found that there's a problem with the U.S. Navy on the mandates. Welcome, Liz. How are you,
3: Glenn? Thanks for having me. I'm good.
1: You bet. So tell me what you uh, tell me what you found with the Navy.
3: Yeah, this is this is so egregious. As someone who comes from a military family, I'm part of a military family, huge supporter of the U.S. military. But man, when there's wrongdoing, they have so much power over people's lives. It's terrible. I've obtained documents that show that at least. At one command, a rather large command of the U.S. Navy, they are violating policy by preparing to issue blanket denials of requests for religious exemption. And this is is a violation in several ways. But the specific policy states that when someone asks for an accommodation, a religious accommodation, particularly as it pertains to immunization, that um, the command or the chain of command is required to evaluate this on a case by case basis. It needs to be looked at the chaplain first, then it moves up the chain of command. It, like I said, if it's related to immunization, it goes all the way up to the chief of Naval personnel who is a three star uh, rear admiral in the Navy. And what I found is that there is a template, a document that is being used and being given to this command um, that is, that is telling the CO who is an O five, an officer, um, to issue these blanket denials. And on this template, there's no, there's no place to fill in a request that has been approved. There's only a place to fill in a request that's been denied and not on a case-by-case basis. So these, these people who are serving and sacrificing, who have sworn to uphold the Constitution, they are not having their constitutional rights upheld by their own chain of command.
1: So I'm, I'm looking at the documents that, that you have here. So somebody who is in the Navy says, I have a religious objection to this. They have to go to the chaplain. And then what happens Correct. to them?
3: Correct. So the actual chain of command, as it relates just to immunizations, not other religious accommodations, it goes to the chaplain for endorsement. And then it goes to um, the commander of the command, which would be an O5. Then it goes to the first O6, which would be a captain level in the Navy, the first O6 on the chain of command. And then it skips over everyone else and goes directly to this three-star general, the chief of naval personnel. And what appears, and this is, this is, I should phrase this as a question. I, Based on the clues that we see in these papers, one has to ask, one has to wonder why um, this exemption template was authored by the JAG officer, who is a lawyer, of a two-star general who is outside this very specific chain of command as oh. it relates to exemption requests for immunizations, because this, this individual... Um, have power over up to 50,000 naval sailors around the world. And if he's being this hostile towards people requesting religious exemptions, you have to wonder how high this goes and how widespread this is.
1: So this should have gone to the or come from the attorney for the three star, not the two star, because the two star has nothing to do with this this chain of command for uh, religious exemption.
3: That's what it would appear. Yes. It would appear that, that that's certainly, I think, what Congress should uh, inquire if this is happening. Perhaps the things that we have, the, the absolute proof of what's happening is that the 06 um, directed the 05, who's the commander at this, um, at, at, at IWC Quarry Station, that's the, that's the name of the command, directed the 05 to issue this blanket denial. And the affidavits that you see in front of you, the affidavits are from some sailors who heard the commander um, say I didn't want to issue these blanket commands, but I was forced to by my superior officer the O6. That we have proof that that has happened and that is in direct violation of Navy policy.
1: So what are the kinds of of religious exemptions that that are happening? Uh are there any? And which which kinds are acceptable? Because we're we're hearing all kinds of things like uh You know, uh, unless you are with, who is it, like Christian scientists, you're not going to be able to get this this uh, this waiver.
0: Well, to my
3: knowledge, and up until this moment, I don't believe the U.S. Navy has issued a single religious exemption or has issued a single religious exemption for the COVID-19 vaccine. I could be out of date. They might have sent some out this morning. I don't know. But up until my um, most recent knowledge, they have not issued a single exemption. And it's kind of an unspoken, uh, an open secret, if you will, in the Navy that these requests are going to be denied. But here's the thing. Here's where it gets constitutional. Here's where there's Supreme Court precedent. The Navy has the burden to show that if they're going to violate someone's sincerely held religious belief, that they do so, they violate it in the least restrictive way possible. As I said, this is the Supreme Court precedent. Well, we have documents in that Twitter thread that I showed that the previous CO of this command said that they fulfilled their mission. The Navy at this command fulfilled their mission 100% during the height of the pandemic, which means that 0% of the service members were vaccinated. So it would be an awfully hard argument to make now that 99% of the service members are vaccinated at this command, that it would be necessary to achieve the mission to violate. I think there's 20 people total who are asking for these exemptions. So when, you're, when you compare the idea that they achieved what they needed to achieve with 100 per, or with 0% vaccination versus this burden that the Navy has to prove that they are, it's necessary to achieve their mission in order to violate mm-hmm. these people's rights. Um, it, it just it doesn't add up. It's, it's just hostility. They just have an agenda they don't want. It seems that they don't want to approve these, which is why they're neglecting their responsibility.
1: So how many people do you think um, are actually going to stand and say, I'm I'm not going to take it? What percentage of Navy Marines are we looking at that are just going to refuse it, do you think?
3: I don't know. I don't know. And here's why. Because when you're in the military, you don't have the same freedom to just quit your job the way that you do in the private sector. If you come up against a roadblock like this that, you know, violates your conscience, you don't have that. You don't have that same freedom. And so the repercussions for people in the Navy who refuse a direct order, and this is a direct order from the DOD, these repercussions can be long lasting and devastating, not just to your naval career. You could lose your benefits. You could lose your retirement. I don't know how they plan to enforce this if people outright refuse if their exemptions are um, re- if their exemptions are also denied. But I mean, you could you could theoretically under the legal structure of the military face court martial. So I'm not sure how many people would be willing to face prison time for something like this, or if the Navy and the military would go to that extent. I'm trying to do what I can, you know, to be a voice for the voiceless because they because they don't have the same freedom that you have in the private sector. I'm trying to expose the wrongdoing because they really deserve. Navy policy itself to be followed, and that their religious requests for accommodation to be evaluated um, with the sincerity that they submitted them.
1: Uh, why do you think they're doing? I mean, I could go down a conspiracy theory that uh, road that I I don't think it would be hard to uh, accept for people. You know, they've been going after. You know, anybody that they think is a is a radical in the service and the way they define radical is anybody who doesn't believe in the policies of the Democratic Party uh, or who believes in the policies of Donald Trump or whatever. Uh, This is a way to get rid of 10 percent of the hardcore right, isn't it? Well,
3: it certainly is. I mean, and this this is the same with the vaccine mandate in the private sector for federal employees or federal contractors, right? I mean, what better administrative state than one that doesn't include anybody who thinks for themselves, any independent thinkers? And so, like I said, in the private sector, you have... You have the um, autonomy or the agency to quit your job and leave that position. So what better way to eradicate anybody working for the federal government who is a conservative, who doesn't want this vaccine, who thinks for themselves, who, do- who knows that the Biden administration is rejecting science? That's certainly true at the federal government level. And it, it's also true at at. In the military as well. I mean, when the Biden administration took over the White House, when when he was inaugurated president, they immediately took action in the military and they implemented these extremist training briefings, which are essentially the same anti-racist, woke garbage that paints conservatives as potential domestic terrorists and white men as these evil, evil patriarchal oppressors. And this is what they're this is what they're indoctrinating military members with. This is what. Officers are required to teach to their subordinates. They're required to brainwash those under their command. And this is this is this hostility is seeping into the depths of the military. It is, of course, coming from the top down from the commander in chief the Biden administration through this military brass. But what happens then is the people that end up being left in charge, the people who are willing to do this, are the ones who get promoted. And that's I think where you see this hostility towards religion come in. In the case of the religious exemption for the vaccine,
1: what's next, Liz? What's coming? Well, I, mean, I don't what- know,
3: but if you look at that, if you look at that document, there's a very interesting. Um, it's called a chop sheet. It's a sen- it's essentially a correspondence tracker where officers yes. write advice for uh, their superiors. And when one of the officers was evaluating one of the arguments that a sailor made in favor of his religious exemption. He was citing, obviously, the fetal cell lines that were used in the testing of the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccine. And on this chalk sheet was just this gross hostility, this animus towards pro-lifers in general, making painting this sailor as an extremist. I think he called it an alarming narrative in his absurd argument. And it just seems that if you're conservative and you're Christian, you know, you believe in the sanctity of life. You believe in science. Um, there doesn't, there seems to be um, less of a place for you in the United States military than there used to be.
1: All right. Where do we find all of this information? Can we go to the Liz wheeler
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I did a full episode on this, uh, breaking down all the documents. I did a, a massive Twitter thread so that everyone could have access to it. But the best place is really to go to Liz wheeler um, or go to Apple podcasts and you can, or Spotify or wherever you listen to your pods and, and, um, and the, the it's the
1: episode. It calls for a congressional inquiry. Episode sixty-eight. Correct. Okay. Good.
3: Correct. Yes. Good. Yes. Episode sixty-eight. And in Congress, should they have the duty to, of oversight, and they should use it?
1: Have you heard from any of the you know usual players on the conservative side, the Ted Cruzs of the world, or have you heard from any of them?
3: Yes, I've had multiple um, members of Congress reach out to me. Multiple members of Congress have actually spoken publicly about this already. You know, whether it's on their social media accounts. Um, there's stuff happening behind the scenes But I'm not the only one of course That are worried about this and you wouldn't believe The amount of emails that I've been receiving from people In the military uh, um, yeah Talking about other examples of similar Similar discrimination against them since i Published this story
1: Liz Wheeler thank you So much the Liz Wheeler show dot com Is where you can find it okay. thanks Liz We'll keep in touch with you This is the best of the Glenn Beck program Justin Haskins is the editorial director for the Heartland Institute, editor in chief of stoppingsocialism.com, and he is the co author of the new book you should order right now. uh, And it is called The Great Reset. This is my new book.
0: Let me grab it here. Uh,
1: This is my new book that is coming out uh, in January Um, Joe Biden and the Rise of the 21st Century Fascism. The great reset. you can find it on Amazon, pre-order it now, do it now so you make sure you get your copy. This is kind of an important thing to say because of the um, uh, the problem with uh, the uh, supply chain. If you order them now, you'll make sure you get it by uh, the first you know week that it is out. Uh, They take, sometimes we're afraid of running out of these because they will take five months for a reprint because of the supply chain. So please order your copy now. It comes out early January. Uh, It's my new book, The Great Reset. Justin, welcome to the program.
0: Thanks, Glenn. It's good to be with you.
1: So every time, every time we talk, it's usually after a few days where I'm like, gosh this should all be in the book too i mean it's moving so incredibly fast um so let's let's start at the beginning glasgow is all about climate change and the one thing we learned about the paris climate accords was that's not the important part of what happened in paris correct
0: That's right. So back in 2015, when we had COP 21, this is now COP 26 in Glasgow, everyone was focused on the Paris Climate Agreement. Everyone was focused on the terms that these governments were coming up with that really didn't have any teeth to them in many cases. When they should have been paying attention to what was going on behind the scenes between corporations and activist groups and banks and financial institutions and investors, that was where the real action was occurring. And what we now know of as the Great Reset, much of that framework, not all of it, but much of it was actually being built in Paris uh, while the world was paying attention to the Paris Climate Agreement. And a lot of us, including people who are critics of all of this, including people like you and me, we missed it because we weren't paying attention to these other meetings that were occurring at the same time where the real action actually is. That's what we need to stay focused on with Glasgow.
1: Okay. and so Glasgow has the financial alliance for net zero. This is what happened last week. And there's some things and I just want you to explain these if you can. G fans. What is that? G F A N Z.
0: Right. So that's an acronym standing for the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. Okay. This is a, a group of coalitions of people in the financial industry globally.
1: So these okay. are the these are the banks and there was how many banks? Uh, eighty four banks met in Glasgow last week, right?
0: There's 84 banks that are meeting, uh, and they're they're meeting this week, I believe. But yeah, 84 banks as part of the Net Zero Banking Alliance. But there are insurance companies involved in this. There are investment groups involved in this, and they're all part of these other sub-alliances that all fall underneath the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero.
1: Just so you know, the NZIA is the Net Zero Insurance Alliance. The NZAOA is the Net Zero Asset Owner Alliance. What, what is that?
0: This is going to be uh, like pension funds and, and some Got investment it. groups, things like that.
1: Okay, so that's like Blackstone.
0: Uh, well, BlackRock, and things, BlackRock might be included under that. If they're not under that, they're under one of the other groups.
1: Okay, all right. So 84 banks, 36 countries, they control $64 trillion in assets, what have they pledged to do?
0: What they're pledging to do is they're pledging to remove all uh, of fossil fuels from their entire portfolios. This means not just uh, their own companies. We're not talking about, well, they're, they're pledging to get rid of fossil fuels and put solar panels on the roof of the corporate headquarters. We're talking about them saying that they are pledging not to allow uh, anyone in their company to do business with people who are engaged in fo- using fossil fuels, including getting loans, including having bank accounts, including, um, in the case of insurance companies, they won't insure you. And again, it's not just, uh, are you using, are you in the fossil fuel industry? We're talking about, are you totally committed to battling climate change, regardless of what your business is? So Me- this is an attempt to force the entire global economy, essentially, especially in the West, to adopt. Climate change policies that the Joe Biden administration and others want,
1: and the the other thing is, it will affect you if you're just a homeowner. If you haven't z- zip stripped everything, if you haven't put uh, you know the the uh, kind of of um, insulation that they want, the roofing, if you haven't put solar panels up, et cetera, et cetera. Or if you're trying to buy a house and it doesn't include those things, these banks will say that's not a green house and you'll have to make it green to either sell it or to buy it, right?
0: Well, it's going to either happen from the banks or from the insurance companies or from both, right? Because if you're going to get a mortgage, you have to first get an insurance company to say that they're going to insure your house. But if the insurance company says we're not going to insure your house cuz there's no you're not committed to climate change there's no solar panels on the roof so we'll only insure it once you put solar panels on the roof then you won't be able to get the mortgage from the bank even if the bank doesn't care so they're hitting you from all sorts of different angles here to make sure that you comply that's the long term goal
1: and this is honestly you know the the great reset the goal is you won't own anything by 2030 This is a way to force people out of their homes. I mean, if you have a home and it's not deemed green, uh, you'll lose your insurance. And so you won't be able to continue to live in your house. You'll have to sell it to somebody most likely like uh, a Blackstone that is is willing to uh, or Blackrock that is willing to go in and greenify whole neighborhoods this is this is what aoc said when we're going to green all of the infrastructure all homes all businesses in america they're they're not doing it through handouts they're going to be doing it through pressure on the individual and most individuals won't be able to afford it
0: right and that's the key part of this right is that even if uh, you have people who might want to go along with this stuff or they don't care and they just want to, it doesn't, you won't be able to afford it. So the reason you see Blackstone and BlackRock and a bunch of other groups buying up lots of real estate and property way overpaying what the property is worth, some cases they're paying 50% more than what the asking price is, is because they know that over the next 20 or 30 years, that property is going to become so much more valuable than it is right now and they'll be able to charge rent at rates that are twice what they are today or more because <sighs> people are not going to be able to afford to buy their own property
1: and you know what's what's so crazy what groups are preparing for that what what's crazy justin is they've made um evil um um uh, landowners They've made them look like these these evil people that just are ripping people off when a lot of people who buy rental houses and then rent them out are not rich, nor are they evil. But that's the system they're creating, that it will only be the really rich people like Blackstone that will own these things. And they know going in these houses are going to be unaffordable for most people, and you won't have a choice. I mean, we are yeah, sitting at the Mr. Potter kind of, of moment where we're either picking yeah. for Jimmy Stewart and the local bank, or we're going Mr. Potter's way, and the country will be Pottersville.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And that's what made all of these policies that made it impossible for people to evict uh, individuals who weren't paying their rent so damaging is that those were the small time people who were really hurt by that. That wasn't the Black Rocks and the Black Stones, these big, massive corporations that have billions of dollars in the bank. They can afford to eat those losses for a little while while people aren't paying their rent. But the, the, just the guy who has a couple of rental properties and he's got income on the side or that's his primary income, that person can't afford to lose that income for a whole year. Uh-huh. And so it drove all of those people out of business. In some cases into bankruptcy, it forced them to sell those properties to companies like Blackstone and BlackRock, all of this wealth and property and stock and all of these things are being consolidated. And they've, it's gotten worse and worse and worse since COVID happened, but it's been happening for a while. And that's really what all of this is about. When they talk about, you not being able to own property. It's not that they're just going to seize the property from you. It's that they're going to put all these policies into place. They've already done it that are going to push most people out of the possibility of being able to own it for one reason or another. And the only people that will be able to control it are these big, gigantic corporations, investment managers, banks, who are all on board with the policies that the elites
1: want. If you want to make a change, if you don't like this direction, you must get your money out of these banks: the Amalgamated Bank, that's the largest union bank, SEIU in the country; Bank of America, Citi, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo. These are the seven largest and most influential banks in the United States that have joined the alliance, three of them last month alone. Amalgamated Bank, Bank of America, Citi, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs and Wells Fargo. Get your money into a local bank. If you just say, well, I'll just I'll just I'll do that some other time. They are making these policies right now. And if America doesn't start saying, you're not getting any of my money, you're not getting any of my money. You are part of the problem and put them into the smaller banks because the smaller banks are going to be gobbled by these big banks. They're going to be run out of business because they won't have an opportunity. They won't have the money to do all of the stuff that these big seven banks know they won't have the money. So you've got to take your money out Of their coffers and let them know they have a financial fight in front of them we're not just going to go along with this do it this week okay so i want to i want to go to a couple of uh a couple of people um let me let me start with mark carney mark carney is in our in our new book that is coming out in january please order it right now so you can guarantee to get it when it comes out in early, early uh, January. It's called The Great Reset. Uh, and Justin is my uh, my co-author on that. Justin, let's go over who uh, let's go over who Carney is. Mark Carney.
0: Sure. So Mark Carney is the head of this Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero. OK, that we were just talking about. 300 firms are I've already signed on to this Glasgow Alliance. They control $90 trillion in assets if you look at all the different firms who are involved in it. Carney is an incredibly powerful person in the banking and financial industries. The guy used to be the governor of the Bank of Canada, He used to be the governor of the Bank of England. He worked at Goldman Sachs for a long time, like over 10 years, I think. Uh, He's he's right now advising Boris Johnson, the the head of the, the prime minister in the United Kingdom and he's the UN Special Envoy for Climate Action and Finance, okay? So he's a major player in all of this. Carney immediately, when I found out that he was the head of this, uh, this this Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero, it immediately sparked this memory that I had of doing all this research about Mark Carney for the book, because Carney is one of the major people calling for getting rid of the U.S. dollar as the World Reserve currency, Correct. meaning the currency that people use globally to uh, buy oil and uh, commodities and other things, and instead to go to a a uh, currency that is a digital currency controlled by um, an international body like the International Monetary Fund or something like that. And really, Hang on just a second.
1: Really important awesome. that this is not a na- – we're not talking about a national currency. The minute our dollar, no matter what form it's in, goes to an international dollar as a world reserve currency, America loses. You become at least a second world country and possibly a third world country just s- straddled with debt over literally overnight.
0: That's right. And it would cause, I believe, and there are a lot of other economists that believe this, I know you believe this, it would cause a... Great Depression-like collapse here in the United States, if that were to actually occur. Because you have all these dollars around the world that need to go somewhere. And a lot of those dollars are going to come back to the United States. You're going to have massive amounts of inflation. You're going to have foreign entities and governments buying up property all over the place in the United States because they have nowhere else to spend their dollars. It's going to cause a huge perception problem. It's going to be sort of the moment that the global financial community realizes The United States is not the major player in the world anymore. And we are going to have a massive financial economic crash if this actually occurs. And this is what Mark Carney wants. He's actually calling for this. He wants this because he says the United States has too much power in the international community. We are too reliant on the dollar. Instead, we should have a basket of currencies that has a tied to a digital currency that that global elites can control at places like the United Nations and elsewhere the specifics of it we don't know but that's what he ultimately wants that's one of the main things he wants and he's the one that's leading this committee this global financial alliance for net or glasgow financial alliance for net zero that is trying to reshape the entire global economy by imposing its will through the financial
1: system it's also important to realize because we are showing you that this is all part of Build Back Better, which is the slogan for uh, the Great Reset, which comes from the uh, the World Economic Forum. Well, Carney is a member on the board of directors of the World Economic Forum. So not only I'm um, not only is he. Uh, Involved in all of these other countries and the race to zero uh, with the global financial markets net zero race. He's also a guy who's on the board of directors of the economic forum. So anyone who says that this is not connected, they don't know the facts. They just don't know the facts. These meetings this week are incredibly important. Are we past the point of no return yet? I think
0: we're very, very close. I think we're very, very close.
1: Okay, you need to act today, today, um, and you tell your bank as you're pulling your money and transferring it to a local bank. You tell them because they're part of the Net Zero Banking Alliance uh, that is forming in Glasgow. Again, Amalgamated Bank, Bank of America, City, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, and Wells Fargo. Put your money in a locally owned bank. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. I want to take very seriously a lot of complaints that came in on Friday, uh, but I want to address it in in two parts. Um, Bill O'Reilly was on and he said some things that I strongly disagree with. But, you know, Bill and I f- disagree on a lot of things. Uh, this one was a pretty, a pretty big disagreement. But the audience um, reacted differently than I did. Uh, Chris wrote in tough decision. I have a heavy heart. I'm sad to say uh, it has come to this as I respect you. I think you're a great human. Bill has a stance of the unvaccinated that made by blood boil. Keep up your efforts, but I'm done listening to you. Uh, Dale and Claudia wrote in, we have listened to you for almost 20 years. Today with the Bill O'Reilly segment, we're done listening on Fridays. He was disgusting and arrogant and sounded like a Nazi. I think I kind of said that in a nice way. Nothing more can be said, and please don't defend him, uh, as uh, that would need for us to reconsider listening at all. I will defend him. I won't defend his his policy but i will defend bill o'reilly kathy myers i will no longer support bill o'reilly argued that losing a great percentage of our infrastructure first responders firefighters healthcare providers uh could be a matter of public health that uh, police could be identified with a mask as unvaccinated so they will know who is unvaxxed so you can stay away um this just goes on and on and on so i called bill uh and said hey bill uh let's talk about this now here's the one part that i i there's two parts in this before we get to bill's opinion the reason why i'm doing this is because i don't like sweeping things under the rug if if something has happened on the show we address it uh, because we're all adults the other thing is just because we disagree with somebody And in Bill's case, usually 80 percent agree. And this is a big one on disagree. But 80 percent agree. We are not the people that um, cancel people. I don't want to cancel people. I want to continue to listen to people who have different ideas and see if we can influence their thinking and also hear what the other side is saying. There are a lot of people in the country that agree with Bill. I am not one of them. But I think we should hear the other side. um, And we have a diminishing amount of friends because of what is happening in the world. And I am not willing to make enemies out of friends. I want to continue the conversation. That's what this show is. We've tried to always uh, stand for. We don't always meet those uh, high ideals, but we're going to try it today. Bill O'Reilly, welcome back to the program, sir.
2: More enlightenment. I'm getting enlightenment twice this week. Yes. Unless you cancel me on Friday. Yeah, well. Um, and that's excellent.
1: Yeah. Excellent enlightenment. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so, Bill. Yeah. Uh, you said some pretty crazy things on Friday. Here, let me just refresh your memory. Yes, okay. All right. <laughs> How do you take 10% of the population and uh-huh. say, no job for this you? Is, this is recording from Friday. And expect well, that to no, wait, 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 right work. Now, wait, wait, wait. It's happening. But wait. Bill, hold on just a second. Here, here's your response.
2: Even as we speak, where I am. I know. I know. So in, in New York City, they're going to lose 25% of the cops and about 18% of the firefighters. What does, the city, that,
1: what does that do to the city? And I mean, there's a, not a greater group of people that deserve that.
2: Who, who are the happiest people in the world today? The gangs who can go out and and commit crimes correct look, they can commit crimes now at will anyway, but it's it's fifty percent easier to do it today and over the Halloween weekend. So look, I'm sympathetic to the fascist element of this.
1: Yeah, I, I understand. Stop for a second. You're not saying that you're you're sympathetic to fascists. You're sympathetic to the people who think this is fascism, right?
2: No, I was thinking. um, Look, let me define what I said. Okay, all right, okay. People hear what they want to hear. Okay, it's not what I said. I'm not for mandates. Okay, and I made that quite clear. So anybody who wrote into you and said, "Oh, I don't
1: that," that, I don't think you did make that uh, quite clear to me. I didn't get that. Okay, because
2: I gave you a solution. I gave you a solution. To go around the mandate, but right, but I don't your think so, mandates but, are are number one. I don't think they're fair, and number two, I don't think they're constitutional
1: in the private sector. Okay, but your okay. but your um, your solution was yes. that you would uh, have the the. Police not force people to have vaccines, but they'd have to right. wear a mask. So no one would if trust they were that. Un-vaxxed. Right. So no one would right. trust that police officer, which I think is a really bad idea. Yeah. So you and I disagree. So let me ask you some questions. Okay.
2: okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm taking over the Glenn Beck show. It's a thrill for me to be. Well, here. it is. This. It is good okay. to hear
1: your humility on this. number one. Yes. Go ahead. You're vaxxed, right? I am not vaxxed. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were vaxxed. No, I'm for vaccine if you want it. Um, but I had a really bad case of the vaccine. Uh, oh, okay. of, are of you, COVID.
2: How about your family? Uh,
1: some of my family members are. my uh, One of my older children and uh, her husband are vaxxed. We all okay. had it, though. We all had COVID. All of us. You all had COVID. All right. Mm-hmm. So um,
2: do you believe that the vaccine was brings down cases of covid do you glenn beck believe that
1: yeah i think there there's plenty of evidence to show that it brings down
2: good Good. all right so we're simpatico Mm -hmm. um vaccine brings down the level Mm -hmm. so here we are in new york city of eight and a half million people Mm -hmm. living in new york city Mm -hmm. eight and a half million people the government of new york which is awful and terrible they have decided that everybody who works for the city has to be vaccinated for two reasons. Number one, so they don't, it's the level of COVID goes down for city workers. And number two, because they want to send a message that everybody in the city should get the vaccine.
1: Okay, stop for a second. Then, stop for a second. Go ahead. Um, I, I, well, I mean, you look at the the numbers in Florida going down. Uh, that also can be done by herd. Um,
2: uh. Yeah, but the vaccinations in Florida went up. Now, I support DeSantis pass, and the Florida legislature in Tallahassee and in Texas as well, passing laws against mandates. I supported that. And I don't think your audience, because, again, people hear what they want to hear. I don't think they uh, know that. But I have a solution and i gave it to you on friday in new york that if you don't get vaxxed and the city council says you're going to get fired unless you take the vax which i don't think is right that a compromise could be reached and that is that you get covid tested twice a week at your own expense and that people in the public dealing with the public all right, would wear masks if they weren't vaxxed. Okay, stop. So, stop, the stop. Okay, so the public
1: would know. Okay. So the public would know who was vaxxed and who wasn't. Right. Like, as I pointed out on Friday, like the yellow star. Um, here is No, the- no, but this isn't for civilians. This is for people who are in
2: your face. Okay? It's not for everybody. It's just for city workers who interact with the public. So, doesn't the, so the po- first so responders does the public that, not have a right to know in a contagion situation, all right, who is vaxxed and who is not? Does the public have a right to know? No. You don't think so?
1: No, I don't. Here's why, Bill. Right. Here's why. Here's why. First, Americans don't want the government telling them what to do. Okay? That's the I worst agree. thing. You want to get people vaxxed, you don't do that. They I want agree. to make their own health care decisions. My body, my choice. Um, they want to be able to maintain the ability to uh, to assess the risk in their own lives, and when you are, but that goes for non vax people too.
2: I mean, it goes for people who. who right are but, vaccinated but, who believe the vaccination protects
1: them they get the same rights. okay so isn't this the well then why don't they just wear a sticker that says i mean they're the ones that believe in the mask in the first place as you said on friday when i said the mask don't, don't
2: work in the, this is against the right mask. i'm not a mask guy
1: so then why All are I'm you saying, saying that you if you didn't
2: compromise rather than wiping out 20 percent of the police department so that the criminals run wild you could reach a compromise
1: with the union okay so here it is and
2: that's all i was saying
1: okay so here it is your compromise is those people who do get the vaccine wear the mask so everyone knows who's vaccine vaccinated you're asking people who don't believe
2: only if they're interacting with the public because the public has a right to know if the person is vaccinated or not, if they have to interact with
1: them. Okay. There are rights on the other side. All right. So let me, so let me ask you this. What is yeah. the limiting principle on this? What stops the government from doing the same thing under the common good with now climate change or gun violence?
2: No, look, it's a public health situation. Which so is,
1: unique. so is climate change. Back, wait, wait, so wait, wait, is back. gun violence. Let's, Let's go. No, it's not. That's well, that, that's just, what they're saying. Well, they are stupid. Okay? Gun <laughs> yes. violence is driven by criminals, it's not driven by guns. But that's not what they. I mean, you it now have matter. the Department of Health. Each, it, it, it does. <laughs> they're in charge. You can't open this door because you don't know what's behind the next door. And they're already uh, saying it's these a are public health. Slope. Yes. Look
2: okay in theory that's fine but every court in the country has ruled that in a public health situation you have to get vaxxed for measles if you want to go to public school but it
1: took us six and polio polio and and a bunch of other i know polio took us six years to get to 56 percent and that's when kids were not walking
2: it wasn't is sophisticated. Look, let's just break this down. Let's just break this down, okay? I support states like Texas and Florida saying mandates are illegal, number one. I don't support private companies saying to all of their employees, you have to be vaccinated or you can't work here. I think that's wrong, okay? They can do that. They have a Right to do it, but I think it's wrong. However, and this is where your letters are coming in, I also support the right of people who, to know who's unvaccinated because there is a contagion. In New York City, if you didn't have the strict public health laws they have, you'd never get over this pandemic. It would never stop. Because there's too many people on top
1: of one another.
2: Florida. There's not any place in Florida that corresponds to New York City. No, but
1: you, uh, again, you are dismissing the idea that there is a, that your body makes immunity. Your body, what does the virus, what does a vaccine do? A vaccine (sighs) tricks, listen to me, it tricks your body into making antibodies, So it files that information. No government in the world can evaluate antibodies. They can't
2: do it. This is the path of least resistance to trying to tamp down and destroy a pandemic. And it's working. The vaccines are working. Wherever vaccinations go up, cases of COVID go down. There's a front page article in a Wall Street Journal today. Now, I understand... And I'm a champion of individual rights in this country. I am a champion. And I don't, like you, trust, particularly now, the governments that we have in most places. I don't trust Joe Biden. I certainly don't trust the New York authorities, they're not looking out for anybody. All right. They're trying to impose a catastrophic agenda on the American people, which includes totalitarianism and socialism. And we've talked about this on your program. All right. But I also understand there is danger from COVID.
1: Yeah, so do and I. So
2: that we all have to be reasonable in how we
1: confront that danger. So I, I'm up against a break. I have to go. But we'll talk about this some more. I, Our difference is is that I think the the uh, danger from an out-of-control government is currently worse than the um, the idea that uh, everyone has to be mandated because of COVID. I think the idea that you are making pariahs out of 10, 15, 20%, even 5% of the population is a very dangerous idea and giving the government this power all they really have to do is say we highly recommend it and you can make your own choice we were we were we're already over 80 percent we were clearly on the way up this really kicked back when people started to say wait a minute you're forcing me that doesn't seem right